feet is open. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you again just for who you are. Lord, and what it is that, that you're doing in the earth. As I look, Lord, I see you move. I pray, I, I hear your voice. Lord, as I, I study, Lord, I see more and more of you. And Lord, we thank you right now for what it is that you're doing and what it is that you're revealing. And God, I pray right now for the body of Christ at large. I pray for living faith, Lord. I pray, God, as, as we make every step to draw closer to you, God, that you would give us the clarity. You would give us the understanding that you want us to walk Lord, that we would be able to see your ways operating in, in the earth more and more, God, as we embrace your word, we embrace your will, as we embrace kingdom living and kingdom thinking. Bring every stronghold. Bring every thought right now under the captivity of Christ. Lord, speak to the hearts and the minds. Help us to be able to hear what your spirit is saying unto living faith this morning. Lord, we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this morning, uh, I was trying to get to share a message that's just been brewing in my spirit for the last two or three months. You know, and with everything that's been taking place in the family conference, and then even on last week, man, I was just, even on last week, as, as Pastor Linda, you know, so prophetically brought forth the word, I was just, amen, and, and even with the illustration of the cot, you know, the, the handmade cot, amen, that was brought, you know, the stretcher, you know, bringing people to a short journey to the altar, and for us to get a breakthrough. And I'm, I'm watching, and even that just kind of led right into where, you know, God has been having me go in this message. Amen. Because sometimes, you know, people look at that and say, that, that just don't make no sense. You know, to just lay on that little thing and have him tie you up there. And, man, it just, I can walk up there. I'm not going to get a breakthrough because I did that. But see, that's the things that God uses yeah. more and more and more is the things that just don't make sense. Amen. 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 See, see, if, if, he, if he was 
instrument and we can do it on our own. But the thing is, the Lord is doing more and more, and, and as we begin to examine closer and closer the scriptures, amen, God is amazing, amen. And see, the thing is that if, if it's, you know, if everything made sense, nothing would be supernatural. You know, but when, it, when it's crazy, when it, it, it seems like, you know, that, that, that's, that just don't add up, then you begin to see God. People, you know, have gotten to a place in our society, in our world, amen, and in the church, that, you know, we, we begin to, to rule out the acts of God. Come on, somebody. We begin to rule those things out, you know, and, and, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I, I've been seeing this, you know, over the years, but it's, it's more and more and more you know, as our nation is, is, is continually on this, this moral decline and, and we see all types of churches rising up and, you know, anything goes. And you know, I was talking to someone the other day and they were telling me, you know, you know, I've already known this and I've seen it, you know, even starting churches that are just totally a homosexual church. You know, and, and I thank God for everybody and we pray for those who struggle with that identity, but that's not God. You know, but these things are becoming more and more acceptable. Amen. And it's in, you know, what God says doesn't change. Amen. So we so our goal is to love people out of the sin, out of the deception, out of the struggle, amen, that has got so many people getting derailed. And we have to get back to, as I've been saying over and over again, we have to get back to God's original plan. How he did it. Amen. So we're going to dig a little bit this morning and, and, and challenge some thoughts and some thinking. Amen. Because, see, we, we can either choose to operate, you know, in the sensual world according to our senses, or we can choose to operate in the supernatural world according to the spirit. You know, and that's that's the choice that each one of us has to make. You know, and, 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 and you know what? I know what I want to do. And then I, I I believe that God is still the same God, Amen. That operated in the Old Testament. He's the same God that operated in the New Testament church, Amen. He's the same God, Amen. That I've seen in my lifetime raised the dead. That I've seen in my lifetime cast out demonic spirits. He's the same God. Amen. That I've had heal my body. When, when the physicians told me, well, this is the way it's going to be. You know, same God. And, and I am determined to see more of his actions in the earth before I leave here. He calls me home. Amen. I, I, I'm determined, amen, to see the supernatural unleashed. Amen. Through the body of Christ. Amen. You know, and, and if I can be a part of that, that's what I'm determined to do. Amen. Amen. But see, first we got to align or realign some, some thinking. Amen. So that we can be able to step into what it is that the Lord himself wants to do through me and you. Amen. Amen. See, we, see, we can be our own roadblock. I think about the passage. I'm not even got to my notes yet, but 
Just think, think about the passage. He said, you know, upon this rock, he was talking to Peter's understanding. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. So he's talking about a, a, a heavenly revelation. And he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But the problem is, he said, hell won't prevail, but our mindsets will prevail. Our mindsets will stop the supernatural power of God from manifesting itself in our lives, in our bodies, in our finances, amen, in our families, in our marriages. Our minds, amen, can stop God from having his way if we don't yield to him. He's not going to force us into anything. But he said he'll lead us by his spirit. He said, I stand at the door, Revelation. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, then I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. See, so it, it, it's up to us to let him in. Amen. But first we got to tune our ear to hear his voice. Amen. And once we do that, then we begin to see, amen, the power of God unleashed more and more, amen, in our circumstances and situations, amen. So with all these things that's going on, amen, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, and well, not, I think, I know, I see that God is trying even now, and I, and I say trying very cautiously because God can do what he wants. But, but he's yet trying to get through to us. Uh, he, he, he's trying to, to get a message across in this day and time, just as he was with the children of Israel, amen, as, as they were being brought out of Egypt. You know, and speaking to Moses and, and using Moses to lead them and guide them, he was trying to get a message to them. He was trying to reveal himself to them, amen. But there was a problem with, with the children of Israel. After being in bondage for over 400 years, they had a mindset that took some work to change. Amen? And think about that now. I don't know when you got saved or how long you've been in church, but... You were in the world long enough to get a mindset through your own actions, amen, and the actions of those around you, amen, our mindset, the society and the government around us give us a mindset. So when we come into the body of Christ, just like the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, we got some mindsets that need to be broken. Some things that hinder us, amen, from being able to see, amen, the, the power of God and, and, and lay hold and grab hold of it. So as he was trying to get through to them, using, even using Moses, amen, as many of us know, the children of Israel on most occasions, amen, they didn't follow, they didn't listen, or they didn't agree, amen, they murmured, they complained, and only when they seen, you know, uh, 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 something miraculous, or uh, uh, only when God was vexed with them did they straighten up for a little while. But, but, but that didn't last long, because why? They went back to their old way of thinking, amen. And see, so for the most part, amen, they were very much sensual in their operation. Primarily, amen, according to, it was according to what they saw, according to what they knew, according to what they felt. And those are the things that stopped the children of Israel from really embracing all that God was trying to get across to them. And it's the same thing going on today. It really is. And I, and I see it just as clearly, amen, in, in so many places, in so many areas, amen. You, you spend hours giving people spiritual principles, amen. We spend hours counseling people about marriage, about different things, that, and, and, and 
no sooner than they walk away. In many cases, right. they go right back to the same old way of thinking. Yeah. They put all the spiritual principles before them, but it just don't make sense to what I feel. It don't make sense to, to, to do it like that. Not after what he did. Not after how she treated That don't make sense to be loving still. That don't make sense to, to continue to forgive. So that's, that's, the, that's the, in fact, that's, that's the title of my message this morning. Amen. It just don't make sense. <laughs> don't write it down. It just don't make sense. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, so we see the children of Israel, but on the other hand, we look at Moses. He's leading them, and he's and having all these encounters and, and so forth with God, amen, he had the encounter at the burning bush. You know, and then God worked through him, amen, to deal with Pharaoh, amen, and to bring the children of Israel out. And then more, more recently, amen, as they were coming, and they had come out, now God calls him up on the mountain, amen, and, and he has a 40-day encounter with God, so much so that when he came off the mountain, his face was glowing with the glory of God. And when he came down, the people couldn't even look at it. They had to put a veil over his face. Amen. So through all these things, Moses began to have a spiritual encounter and go from being sensual to now i got to begin to think a whole other way. You know, so, so this is the thing that set him apart. Even Aaron and Mary and his sister and, 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 and brother, they, they didn't quite understand. Amen. They said, well, well, God talks to us just like he talks to you. And the Lord got upset with them. He said, oh, no, no, no. He said, bring them to me. And, and those of you who know the story, amen, he rebuked them, amen, made them leprous and whole I mean, he said, you, you don't mess with Moses. He is, he's the one that I speak to face to face. You know, so because Moses had already begun to elevate in his thinking far beyond where the children of Israel were. Far beyond. So when he began to trust God and he began to do things, they're looking at him like, oh. And even when they saw the signs and the wonders, like I said, they would, they would be there for a while. But next thing you know, they're murmuring and complaining again. Why? Because they haven't made the shift in their mind from sensual to spiritual. Amen. And see, when I'm talking about sensual, don't think about sensual in the sexual way. See, I'm talking about in their senses. How we think and what we feel and what we can see using our five senses. If it don't make sense to the five, it don't work. So we got to come beyond, so far beyond what we see and what we know and what we understand, amen, and what we feel, amen, to be able to trust and have faith in God. And this is the thing that's going to take the church to a whole other level while the world is still looking at the elements around them. Amen. We're, we're depending on the God within us. Amen. Because he controls the elements. Amen. He's the one that's in charge of all these things. So we see Moses had made a shift, amen, that they didn't make. But in Psalms 103 and 7, I had to turn to Psalms. Let's go to 103. And 7. Hallelujah. See, as, as he dealt with God, you know, his spiritual encounters begin to override his senses. 
Amen. And see, that's where some of God hit that override switch. Amen. But Psalms 103 and 7 says this. He said, he made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. Now, there's a big difference in the ways and the acts. See, when we see the acts, we just see the actions, but we don't know how that works. We don't understand. You know, like I said, it don't make sense. But he made known unto Moses how he functions, how he thinks, and how he performs before the action showed up. Moses had a deeper understanding and a deeper revelation of how God functions. You know, when you say you know somebody's ways, you say you know them. I know his ways. Mm-hmm. I don't even be there. I, I know what he's going to do. I ain't that what he did, but we can almost predict what someone's going to do when you know their ways. And we see this through Moses' interactions throughout Scripture, amen, with the Lord. But then in Exodus, look at Exodus 33 and 13. We're going we to do some Bible work today, all right? Because I don't want you to go on, well, that's past basis. No, this is what the Bible Amen. Exodus 33 and 13, and this blessed me, amen, because we see what happened here. It says, Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy ways. That's Moses praying unto God, speaking unto the Lord. See, this was shortly after he came down from the mountain and discovered that the Lord told him, You need to get down because the people have sinned. And he goes down and he finds out that now they done because, you know, they, they were still sensual. They needed to see something. They had got with Aaron and they had made them a golden calf, something to worship. They made them another god because, you know, he was taking too long. How many times God takes too long and we start looking at something else? So he comes down and he sees what's going on. So he prays his prayer. He said, make Show me now thy ways that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. I was like, I don't want the burden of these people. Lord, Lord, show me your ways that I might know you. See, a lot of times we come because of what we've heard about God. We come because of what we see in church. We come because of what mama, daddy, and the preacher done said. But we don't enter in with God and say, God, show me your ways. That I may know. See, a lot of times we know of God, but do we really know God? Can we have a regular conversation with him? Do we know God intimately? As even as you spoke on, on last week, knowing him in, in such a way, amen, that you know, and the Bible says pray without ceasing. It's no longer a mystery how we can do that. Amen. 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 Because why? You're conversing with him all day long. Prayer is communication with God. Amen. And when your mind is not engaged, you know, one of the books I'm, I'm, I'm reading is that when your mind is not engaged in the current task, it automatically, by default, goes back to talking to God. Oh, God. Because that's that's where you want to be. You want to be communing with him. You want to be so it's not a, a no. It's no longer a chore. I gotta pray an hour a day. It's no longer a burdensome task. About fifteen minutes here, fifteen minutes there. Uh, I mean, oh no, no. Your prayer time is all day long. 
Uh, you're, you're constantly communing with him, amen. You wake up in the morning, just like you would tell your, your spouse or your child, good morning. You know, when you wake up in the morning and the first thing on your mind is Jesus. Morning, Lord. Hallelujah. Wake up speaking in your, your prayer language. Oh, I do it all the time. You know, but geez, we, we got to get to a place that that's not a chore. It's a joy. It's not, oh, prayer time. No, we get to pray. You know, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the young people. When we was young, hey, man, we, we, we could spend all kind of time on the phone. I just want to hear you breathe. You still here? Yeah, I'm still here. How about you? I'm here. You know, I ran out of words, but just to know that, that, that you're communing. That's the kind of intimacy that we should be able to have with God. Amen. Moses desired this. Amen. That, that, that he, he prayed, God, reveal yourself to me in a deeper way. Do we, do we, have, do we pray like that? Reveal yourself to me beyond your word, God. Speak to me so I can know you, so I can know your ways. I'm, I'm, I'm not just looking for your hand. I'm not just praying, God, for you to, 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 to do something for me. Show me some of your acts in my life. But God, I just want to know you. I just want to know you. What's on your mind? Uh, you know, I'm reminded as he was, as he was going down to... to, to Destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. It says the Lord thought within himself and said, should I do this and not let my servant Moses know? So he stopped by just to let Moses know I'm going down here and I'm going to deal with these. No, that's because he was intimate with God. And that's when Moses entered in and said, well, what about, what if there's, there's ten down there? You know, he had a conversation. And I believe if Moses would have kept on going, he might have got that got it down to zero. So, so we begin, I said Moses, Abraham, I'm sorry, I got that one. I just hit me, I'm still talking about Moses. Abraham and his communication with God. So, so we begin to see that you can have that kind of interaction with God, but you got to be ready to enter in with God. You got to be ready to call on him, amen? Look how that, that verse says it in the Amplified, the same Exodus 33 and 13. In the Amplified it says it like this. Now therefore I pray you if I have found favor in your sight. Show me now your ways that I may know your know you progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, perceiving and recognizing and understanding more strongly and clearly and that I may find favor in your sight. Hmm. Do you love it like this? Like that? Huh? And he said, Lord, do consider that this nation is your people. These personal encounters with the Lord were not enough. Just, just seeing what he did wasn't enough for Moses. Moses said, I want to know you personally. I want to know your ways. Amen. See, when we get to know people, sometimes, you know, even on the, on, on the flesh level, we impress with what they can do. Uh -oh. can, I, can, I, can I just hang out here for just two minutes? We're impressed with how they look, what they drive, where they work, you know, and, and we get impressed with the things about them. And then, you know, and I'm not looking at nobody, then you mess around and you marry But you knew about their, their acts, but you didn't know their ways. 
because we didn't take time out to get to know them. We knew about them. But then once you, 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 you get into a real relationship with them, you begin to find out, I didn't know you at all. In fact, what I know now, I don't want to know you. You know, but see, now, you know, see, that's how we deal with God. But we need to get to know God. We want our young people to know God. Amen. We, we want, you know, the body of Christ to know God at that level. Amen. Because even as, as you know, the um, days have just blessed me so much this morning. Amen. Just to see God moving through our young people. Amen. And using them and speaking to their hearts. Amen. And truly, amen. Sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Just like you said. Where's, where's the thousand that don't know their place? Where are the ones in here that don't know they're still bound up in sensual thoughts and feelings? So you can't grab hold of, you know, the spiritual because it just don't make sense. How many things did God do in the Bible? How many things did Jesus do in the Bible that didn't make sense to the natural man? I mean, I, you just begin to run through your mind, you know, about different things in the Bible that if you'd have been there, you'd, have been, you'd probably been able to use that very same thing. That don't make sense. Uh, so, so, you know, we just, let's just take a quick look at just some of those things. Is, is that all right? Amen. Hallelujah. And we talk about those things that just don't make sense. John, the sixth chapter, I mean, the ninth chapter and the sixth verse. Hallelujah. It says, when he has thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man. But the clay was not laid That don't make no sense. You're going to spit on the ground and make mud with your spit. Good thing he was blind. Huh? But you just imagine the people standing around saying, what, what you doing? But what happened? The man received it. Huh? It didn't make sense. Then in Mark, the, I'm just going to hit these real quick. I ain't going to hang out on these too long in there. But in Mark, the eighth chapter, the 23rd verse, the same same situation. But he said, and he took the the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spat on his eyes, now see this one. If you read this one a little, he just spit his face. Huh? And put his hands upon him and ask him if he saw. And I believe he goes on saying, oh, I see men in the streets. He said, Well, you know, he said, Look again. Huh? And everything became clear. It don't make no sense. How are you going to spit on someone, spit in someone's face for them to receive their sight? Something he said, He stuck his fingers in the ears, to, you know, to, to unstop his ears. I mean, that don't make you, you need to go see, you know, you know, get the doctors on your ears and. Uh, see, those those are, are, are supernatural things that to the natural man just don't work. They don't make no sense. You should bring someone in here and pass it. They were spitting their face for it. They'd be getting the CDC and everybody else. You know, you know, all kind of germs and kind of disease. You know, I don't know about you. You're spitting in my face at all. Huh? But if God tells me to do it, I'll do it. I don't care. Uh, but see, that, but we got to get to a place that we're really willing to do what God said do. Even when it don't make sense to you. Amen. 
See, this, that's the problem. If it don't make sense to you, that's our roadblock. That's when we stop. Huh? Forgive them. Shoot, they didn't even acknowledge they're wrong. Huh? How many times we, we refuse to forgive somebody because they, they say they didn't do nothing? It don't make sense. Huh? I didn't do that. I'm still forgiving. No, we get mad. in our sense. we got to move according to what the Spirit of God is leading us and what the Spirit of God is saying. The things that just, you know, it just, it just breaks our nerves to see amen, but see. Mm. Let's look at another one real quick. In 1 Kings, the 17th chapter. Are y'all getting there? The widow of Zarephath. How many of you know about the widow? Huh? Don't make no sense. But this one I, I like because there's so much in it. It says, you know, it's on the 8th verse in the 17th chapter of 1 Kings. It says, and the word of the Lord came unto him, talking about Elijah. Amen. And it came unto him and said, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Zion, and dwell there. And behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Uh, first of all, we said, wait a minute, I'm going to a widow's house? So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me. Now, look. First of all, we always got offended right there. Huh? I ain't no dog come up fetch me. But listen, he said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a, in a vessel that I may drink. He didn't even introduce himself. Amen. He, he didn't even say, My name is, uh, uh, you know, I'm the prophet, you know, no. He just said, Hey, fetch me some water in the vessel so I can drink. Watch out now. Mm, you know, you know maybe, maybe he, oh, they didn't just put all the etiquette in here, you know, I, I guess. I, I, I don't know. It says, in the 11th verse, says, and as she was going to fetch it, hello, he called her, called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. Why are you, why are you getting the water? Bring me something to eat, too. Now, we ain't had no formal introduction. Now you want me to feed you, too? No, what, what, what is it? See, we're laughing, but see. He's operating because God said, I'm sending you to her to sustain you. So he took God at his word. In other words, in his mind, he's already prepared her to receive me. Uh, see, so, and, and, and there's a point there because some, a lot of times God has put this on our heart to go talk to somebody, to witness to somebody, to bless somebody. And he's already prepared them to receive us, but we're scared to go. Because we're in our senses rather than operating in the spiritual. Amen. So he's already prepared, and so she, she's gone, amen, but then look what happened, and she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, again, I can hear some of y'all say, Lord have mercy, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks. What you going to do with two sticks? 
that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. No, it don't make no sense to take someone's life. Huh? When, when she's fit to die, eat that and die because that's the end of her resources. That just don't make no sense. No, what, what kind of man of God will take your life? But, but, but well, see, he's not operating in the thing. Watch out now. Because he said that we're going to eat it and we're going to die. Wow. So you got a lot of hope going on already. That's all I got. Without this, I ain't got nothing. Well, this, this, well if it's not enough to sustain, you might as well give it up and all die for it. You know, don't get it over with, right? Wrong way of thinking. Wrong way of acting. Amen. So we got to get to that place. Amen. That we understand. Look at the 13th verse. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. And the Lord tried to tell her, Fear not. Stop being afraid to operate in fear. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. He didn't budge one bit. He didn't get sympathetic with her. But he said, I, I hear what you're saying, but still make me the first. Huh? Make me a first and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. Notice. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I don't want to hang out here too long. But he said, Make mine first. Take that little handful, make it for me first. He didn't say, Well, go on, and, 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 and go on, God bless you. You can make up all of the sum. No, she had to give up that last before she got more. He said, After you give me that, then. Then you'll have for you and your son. For thus says the Lord, God of Israel, the barrel of milk shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord shall rain upon the earth. In other words, he said, it's not, if you would just do what I'm telling you to do, if you would just step out of your mind, out of your senses, and do what I'm telling you to do, you will not lie. But she had to step out there first. She had to step out of her senses first. She had to step into faith and believe Amen. the Amen. What, what was being told unto her. Let's move on. I, I can stay, stay right there. But I got to move on with this for another example. How many of us read about Naaman? Amen. Huh? Amen. You know, the captain of the army. Man. You know, he was, he was a great man. Amen. And in 2 Kings, the ninth, I mean, the fifth chapter. Starting at verse number nine. I'm trying to help us here. To see, amen, that there's a lot of things. I can't even begin to touch on all of them. Let's just pull out just a few. All of them in the scripture that just don't make sense. Amen. But when we trust him, I, you know, <laughs> oh, goodness. It just keeps flooding my mind, Lord. Thank you. Amen. But in the ninth verse, this so Naaman came with his horses, amen. He came down there, going down to see Elisha. The king was worried because, you know, he think they're about to start a war. Because you sending this man down here for me to recover him of his leprosy. And Elisha said, no, send him to me. We got, you know, just paraphrasing. But so he came with his horsemen and his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elijah. Mm -hmm. Now here he comes. Now I want you to picture in your mind the captain of the army got all of his hosts, got all his, you know, his his seconds that's coming with him, and they're riding on horseback, all decked out, and they ride up to Elijah's house, and he's sitting up on his horse, you know, in all his pomp and circumstance, and he got all his people around him, and he comes to the prophet's house, 
And, and look what happened. And Elijah sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come to thee again. And thou shalt be clean. Uh -huh. Now this man is uh -huh. used to being honored. He used to, people bowing down to him. Yes, sir, what do you want? I mean, he, he commanded, you know, the armies. And he comes to the prophet's house and after riding, I don't know how far from his city, all the way to Elijah's, and he don't even have the decency to come outside and greet him. But sends one of his servants. Uh -huh. Why well, he? You know, I don't know. Maybe he's not watching the game. I don't know. No, but but sends one of his servants uh -huh. to go and tell him what to do. Now, I don't know about y'all, but in the natural, that don't make sense. That's kind of like. Let me, let me bring it home to the military people. Kind of like, you know, you, you have something for your executive officer of your command. He comes to your house. And rather than you going out to greet him, you send, you know, one of your kids. <laughs> tell him, oh, the pass down, he can find the pass down in the other room over there. Just, just tell him where it's at. How, how do you think that will go with your, 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 your XO coming all the way to your house? Amen. To get some information from you, and you know, we have the the courtesy, amen. The respect, the honor to get up and go and, and greet him and say, "I'm sorry, sir, you can't come this far." And yeah, what you need to do to fix the problem? Thank you, huh? How many of us will do that? Just send our, you know, send our son out there. Send Adonijah out there and tell him, "Look at the second drawer on the desk on the left, and you'll find it." Just, just go on, tell him, and, and, and then, you know. I don't think we would do that. You know, so so even you know, I, I look at this situation and I say, wait a minute. But again, something he's trying to get over to Nate. Because you know, Elijah's operating right where he needs to operate, but he's trying to get something over to Nate. But Naaman, so so look what happened. He said, but Naaman was wrong and went away and said, Behold, I thought, I thought, I thought, my expectation. What should have been done according to the way I see it. Yeah. Who I am. Yeah. My thought. And I was like, hello. How so many times we get caught up in what we thought how it should have been. I thought he surely would come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and strike his hands over the place. Do something mighty. Do something powerful. Do something great. That's what he has figured. How many times when we ask him for God for something, believe in God for something, we've already got it figured out in our mind how it needs to be done. And, and, and see, God ain't going to... So he says, surely he'll strike his hand over the place and recover the leprosy. Then he goes on to say, I'm not... Nebiah and Parthar, the rivers of Damascus, Benedict, all the waters of Israel. You know, this old muddy Jordan, you talking about going out there? Huh? May 
hide not wash in them and be clean. I want to do it my way. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. You know, even, even for our young people, sometimes our parents are telling us to do something. We want to do it our way. You ain't me. You don't know what I'm going through. My, my, I don't want to do it like that. I don't want to. No, no. You need to listen because they've been down the road further than you. They already tried it your way and they know your way ain't going to work. So your, their way may not make sense to you, but it's the way that's going to work. How many times as young people, even as adults in here, we look back and we wish we didn't listen to mom and dad and did it their way because we thought our way made sense to us. Amen. But we found out down the road that our way just got us in more trouble. We missed out because we wanted to do it our way. Huh? You ain't going to live long to make all the mistakes. You better start listening and learn from somebody else. Huh? Then you'll be a little bit further ahead. So but just, just look what he did. Just like many of us. When we realized, no, that don't make sense to me. I ain't, then we said, I ain't going to do it. So he turned and went away in a rage. Mad as Elisha, probably ready to start a war. And his servant came near. Now, one of his little servants, huh? not Elijah's servant, his servant, who was standing there listening and watching all this, he said, came here and spake unto him and said, my father, he humble. Because he know he mad. If I say something wrong, he might chop my head off. He said, my father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he said, to these wash and to be clean. He had to, he had to snatch him out of himself. Uh-huh. Snatch him out of his feelings. Snatch him out of his pride. Snatch him out of his senses. He said, now, if he'd have told you to do some great thing, you'd have done. If he'd have done it like you expected, you wouldn't have had no problem. So let's just do what God said. And see what happened. He said, then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according. I said, yeah. According to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Something that simple, but it didn't make sense to him. Hello. Can we go a little further? I just want to go just a little bit further. Is that all right? Let's go to the book of Luke. Then it came to pass in the eleventh verse. Help us, As he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were left, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourself unto the priest. Something that simple. Now they're going to say, Wait a minute, why ain't you just going to come and lay hands on them? Ain't you going to pray over them? You know, ain't you going you know, to have us do some great thing? He just said, Just go and show yourself. And it came to pass, now look at this, I love this part. And as it came to pass, that as they went, as, say, say that with me, as they went, as they went. 
See, so, so, so what, what, what did we get from that? It didn't happen immediately. But as they were obediently heading toward what he told them to do, they didn't have to do nothing else but be obedient. That's all they had to do, be obedient. Just do this. You expected this, that, or that. You've been lepers. You've been hurting. You've been, you know, fighting sin and, and dealing with pornography. And you've been, you've been doing all this. Just do this. And as you pursue that, as you move toward that, you'll be free. All you got to do is be free. You didn't do no great thing. He just told you what you need to do. You didn't have to do no great thing. He didn't say go pray and, 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 and you know, he didn't give you no seven steps. Amen. He just said, just go show yourself. So we say, just go be the light on your job. Just go be the light in the school. As you go, he can heal your issues. As we strive to believe God in everything, Amen. But see, we got to get out of, we got to let God out of our box. We got him in a box. You know, it's got to add up. It's got to make sense. It's got to, you know, you know, no, 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 no. That's why it's called supernatural. It don't fit in the box. It's too big. It's too big to be in your box. Supernatural. Way too big. Mm -hmm. Look at Isaiah 55. We're shifting right here. I'm going to help us. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. Just going to make sense. And I'm going to read this out of the message. You know, I was, you know, in the King James says, my way is not your way, my thoughts are not your thoughts. You know, but I looked at this verse in the message and it said it like this. I don't think the way you think. It's the Lord. Huh? The way you work isn't the way I work, God decreed. Ah. For as the sky soared high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. See, so you, you can stretch your little brain as far as you can, and you still ain't even close to where God started. You know, and, and when it comes to things making sense, you say, my way is a natural way. You know, that's why I, I appreciated Moses' prayer when he said, Lord, show me your ways. Because your ways are beyond my ways. Huh? But see, all this is part of God's plan to show himself strong in the earth. If he never did nothing that we can't do, then how's he going to show you that he's real? If, if, if we never see nothing supernatural, we'll always operate in our senses. We'll always, it'll always be according to, we will always be able to explain everything. But man, yet today still can't explain God. They're still fumbling around the big bang building. Trying to explain how we all how it all started. You ain't never gonna figure it out. You wasn't there. But he tells you his word. Oh me, that don't make sense. How you gonna speak a word and stuff gonna start moving? That don't make sense. Huh? Now, see, uh, sometimes we need to just think back and look at the simplicity of it all. You know, 
but no, we, we overcomplicate it, amen, and, and, and we get wrapped up in our own understanding and, and we begin to miss what God is trying to say. But see, God wants to do things, amen, in the earth that don't make sense amen. to the natural man. Amen. Go back over to, to, to Corinthians, or, or the New Testament, 1 Corinthians. Yeah, I got a few more passages I want to share with you. So that I like preaching the Bible. Hallelujah. First Corinthians, the first chapter. Verse number 27. King James. And it says this. But God, say God. Not man. Huh? But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. Goodness. He chose what? Foolishness. Things that just don't make no sense. Help us, Holy Ghost. Now, I didn't choose it. I didn't come up with the things that God said to me. Sometimes God tell me to do things that don't make sense to me, but you know what? I just got to go on with it. Huh? It didn't make no sense, man, to... to, to to, to leave uh, a building that we was we was just maintaining in. Huh? 4,000 square feet and everything was going good. It didn't make no sense in the natural to leave that little building where everything was running smooth and running good. Amen. It, it didn't make no sense Amen. Right. to come over and take on a, 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 a payment that was more than three times more than what we was paying. To go from 4,000 feet to over 13,000 square feet with the same little people, the same little budget. It didn't make no sense to the natural man. But God said, go. I want you to go. Didn't make no sense at all. But see, as soon as I did what God said do, first phone call, the man said, the building's yours. That's just a phone call. Didn't meet him. Didn't, didn't talk to no, no, no contracts or look at no finances. Didn't make no sense. Then he said, I'll, I'll arrange for you to get the key so you can go inside and look. Yes. Then we came in here and looked, and I looked on the window, and they had a, a, a an application for an alcohol permit on the window. So someone else was already, you know, working on getting the bill. I was here talking to somebody because was inside, taped to the window. The process was already in the works. So I called him back and said, yeah, wait a minute, what's going on? He said, the building's mine, and I see this permit, and these people are trying to get an alcohol permit because they want to put a big old sports bar in this place. Uh -huh. He said, don't worry about that. It's yours. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. What God? Huh? It didn't make no sense. Yeah. And, and, and later on, through the process, I found out that it was one of the big wigs in town that was supposed to be doing it. They was upset <laughs> because, you know, my phone call snatched the rug out from under them. And even to this day, now, I want y'all to listen. Just doing what God said do, when I didn't see how it was all going to work out, but just doing what God said do, we ended up getting in the, the, the rent lower than, you know, I did just uh, uh, last year when we were getting ready to renew the lease. And I, I called my friend down in Seattle, who, who, you know, he deals with millions and millions of dollars worth of business, flipping buildings and you know, I mean, he, he does a, a, a lot of work. Yes. So I call him up, amen, and I'm asking him about, you know, well, we're about to go into negotiations about our rent because, you know, things about to change the shift. He said, he said, Pastor David, let me tell you something. He 
he's a, and he was involved in one of the bills. This building has changed place, changed ownership twice since we've been in it. And he said, I was involved and I was consulted on the last exchange of your building. I said, I didn't know that. Yeah, he said, yeah. And he said that every time I go into another negotiation on a commercial property, because he does commercial properties all over the place, I think about your building. I said, what? Why is that? He said, because to my knowledge, and I've been doing this for a while, to my knowledge, you have the lowest rent of a commercial building in the state. He said, in fact, you are below the basement. He said, so a bump in rent right now wouldn't hurt you. <laughs> and even when we negotiated, we still came out in the basement. When, when it don't make sense to us, God gives us faith. And he just and he said, "Go." I went, and here we are. What, almost twelve years later. And, and, and for the twelve years, he's met every need. I mean, there has been one month that the needs weren't met. Not one in twelve years has any landlord had to call us up and say, "Where's my rent?" He got it in the month it was due. For 12 years. Because when God said go, God is with you. So we talk to all kinds of ministries, bigger than ours. They don't understand how we do what we do. They don't understand how you have so many paid people on staff. It just don't make no sense. But God is faithful. If we just trust we, 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 we break the paradigm, amen. We begin to operate like he wants us. Let me, let me, let me move on. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's look at the second chapter there in 1 Corinthians. Say, ah, he chose the foolish thing. Look, look what it says in, 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 in 2 and 14, 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. He said, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are what? foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Not until you shift into the spirit will you understand spiritual things. Yeah. As long as we operate in our senses, spiritual things ain't going to make sense. They're not going to add up. They're not going to line up. Because why? It don't make sense to the natural man. See, we cannot afford to operate in our relationships, on our jobs, our businesses, in ministry in the natural, based on what we see naturally, what we feel naturally, what we understand naturally, we have got to make the shift and to be kingdom people, kingdom people of spiritual people. And we got to get there. We can't go, you know, I, I've said it so many times before, your feelings will mess you up. Huh? Because your feelings are coming straight out of your soul. The soulish man. It's not coming out of your spirit. Huh? So he, that, that's the thing that gets us off track and off course, amen. Yeah, I know the word, you know the word, you know, he said, with all that getting, get understanding. Huh? Isn't that what the word said? With all that getting, get understanding, amen. And the principles and wisdom, wisdom is the principal thing. Amen. Forget or not. But see, which one are we investing ourselves in? Worldly wisdom or spiritual wisdom? Worldly understanding or spiritual understanding? Two different animals. We can't bring the natural into the spiritual and expect it to work. 
But get this. We can take the spiritual into the natural and blow their minds. That's what God wants us to do. Amen. But first, we got to step out of our natural, amen, to be able to flow and operate in the spiritual. That's why I, I look at Moses in there. He understood spiritual things. He, he understood the ways of God. Proverbs 16 and 21 says this. Uh, we, we, we about there. But I, I got to get this in. Amen. Got to get this in. It says 16 and 21, the wise in heart shall be called prudent. And sweetness of lips increases learning. Now, I believe in education. I believe in learning. Amen. But see, natural institutes ain't going to teach you spiritual things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. We got to know the difference. Hallelujah. Proverbs 15, I mean 18 and 15, just flip over a few pages. It says, the heart of the prudent getteth understanding, but the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. What knowledge are we seeking? God's knowledge of the world. Then we switch over again to Isaiah. I just want to get these verses out there. Amen. Hope y'all taking good notes. If not, get the tape. Uh, Isaiah 5.21 Say, woe unto them that are wise what? In their own eyes and prudent in their own uh-oh, now he's making a, a difference here. He said, not in, not in the ways of God or his principles, but in our own sight. Therefore, I'm jumping all the way to 29, I'm sorry. Isaiah 29, 14. I wouldn't. I'm going to move it kind of fast. I'm trying to get, get there. 29, 14 says this. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do marvelous works among this people. Even a marvelous work and a wonder for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish. And the understanding of their prudent shall be hid. So wait a minute, God's dealing with Men's knowledge versus God's knowledge. Natural knowledge versus spiritual. Natural understanding versus spiritual understanding. He said, and those things ain't going to work in his kingdom. Go with me to Hosea, the 14th chapter. Right down. The progression. God is there. God is there. 14 and 9 says, Who is why? And he shall understand these things. Prudent. And he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. And the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall there. Said, who is so wise that they know what God is doing? Who is so prudent that they understand everything? But God's ways are right. And I need to understand that, you know, we need to constantly understand God's ways are right. So, and and, and I, I believe that most of us, you know, when we stop and think about the challenges that we face in life and the things that we have gone through, I'm sure there's been times that we looked at what God was saying or his word was saying or even his spirit.
Bible is telling us. And we say, wait a minute, that don't make sense. We, 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 we knew that in ourselves there was a resistance to doing it his way. Amen? I, I know I've been there. Okay, there was a resistance in doing it his way. But when I push past my resistance, see, I'm, not, I'm just talking about me. Can I testify for a minute? When I push past my resistance, and I did what God said to do, even though my flesh was screaming all the while. Huh? Then I saw God move. Then I saw breakthrough. Then I saw change. Because I had to get out of myself and be obedient to what he was telling me to do. Help us, Holy Spirit. We almost done. Hallelujah. Y'all doing all right? Let's go back to the New Testament. Luke, the 10th chapter. Verse number 21. This is when they just came back, amen. Jesus had sent the 70 out, amen. And, and he gave them instruction, don't take no first or no, no staff, none of this, amen. Whatever house you go in, stay there, amen. You know, just preach the gospel to them if they receive you in the city, you know. So when they came back, they was excited because the demons were were, were, were subject to them. And he, he, had to, he had to bring them back down to earth and say, don't rejoice over those things. Rejoice that your, your name is written in heaven. In other words, get out of the, the flesh. Get out of the sensual. Get back in the spirit to realize the thing. The reason you got to rejoice is because your name is written in heaven. And then he went on to say this, and then the 21st verse, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for thou hast hid, remember he said their wisdom will be hid. He said, thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it, so it seemed good in your See, you say you've taken these things and you've hidden them from the wise. That just messes me up. Because we can get in a place and we can be searching and searching and searching and searching and trying to find out how it works. But see, God can hide that from you. Until we just yield and surrender and say, okay, God, I'll do it for you. We try to find a whole other way to do it. A whole other way to explain it. A whole other way to make it work. A whole other way to get it, you know, so it lines up with our thinking. And, he, you know, we, we can dig and we can search and we can, you know, we can do all these things. He said, no, the deep things are hidden from you because you're, you're relying on yourself rather than on me. He said, you hid it from the wise ones. But notice when he came... You know, there was the schools of the prophets and all those when the life was around. Amen. When he came time for Jesus to call his disciples, he could have went to the to the temple. And he could have got the, the scribes. He could have got the Pharisees. I mean, he could have got those that were learning in the word and said, I want you to follow me. But where did he go? He went to the fishermen. The farmers. He went to, you know, the, the people who they, back then they thought was corrupt, the tax collectors. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, come on. So, so he said he, he went and got a natural doctor, no, not, not a doctor of the law. Luke was a physician. No, but he said he didn't know spiritual things. He said, now I can work with you. I can work with these because they're not going to be tripping and stumbling over their own knowledge. They're not going to be tripping and stumbling over what they think they know. 
Huh? Why? I thank God for deliverance from those things. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. First Corinthians. I got two more passages, and then we're going to be done after this. First Corinthians 1, 18 through 20 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us, look around the room, unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the truth. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? See, when he starts doing things that they can't understand, that says a whole lot. When we operate in principles, amen, when we begin to follow his principles of sowing and reaping, amen, when he says that he that has friends must first show himself friends, you know, he, he, he gives us all these principles, amen, Amen. So now we, we got to be the first partakers. Amen. You want love? You got to love somebody. Huh? You want, you want friends? We looked at it over years. People are mad because so and so got so many friends, but you you going to show yourself friendly to nobody. Well, I went and talked to them, but they didn't receive me. Well, keep going. Huh? Keep on talking. Keep on loving. There's, there's no law against love. Just keep on loving. Maybe they wait to see if you're real. Hello, somebody. Yeah. I'm just trying to help y'all. Yeah. You know, sometimes we go to people just when we want something. To, you know, maybe they've been through that, so they don't they don't trust. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they want a real friend. Oh, God. Huh? Hello. Ain't God good? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up over here. Proverbs. Amen. The third chapter. Third chapter of Proverbs. Many of us know these verses. Verse 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Trust in who? Trust in yourself with all your understanding. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Yeah. Those verses are so profound. Yeah. A few words, but a whole lot of meaning. He said, trust him. He didn't say trust in them around you. He didn't say trust what you see or what you feel. He didn't say trust the pastor. Huh? But it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean to your own. It says it like this in the Message Bible. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen to God's voice in 
everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track, keep you on track. He's the one that will keep you. We'll get ourselves on track. But he's the one that will keep Don't assume that you know it all. Then it says this, run to God. Run from evil. If we would just learn to trust him when we can't trust nobody. I don't know so many people. Amen. You know, well, I just don't know. I don't know. Well, when you can't trust your husband, when you can't trust your wife, just trust God. Amen. Just trust God. He's got your back. He's determined. When you don't know what's going to happen on the job, just trust God. Have faith in God, he says. You got to get to that point. Because, see, our owners are leaning on the understanding of somebody else can mess us up. But if we get in the place that where we trust God, when we get to the place where we're ready to step out of our understanding, out of our box, let God out the box and step into the supernatural, amen, that's the only way we're going to function, people, as the kingdom people of God. That's the only way we can do it. It's stepping out of our understanding. And, and sometimes, yeah, yeah, I know sometimes it's scary. That's because we become comfortable where we are. But, but, hear, hear what I'm saying. You might be comfortable where you are, but at the same time, you're miserable. What do you mean? I gotta be comfortable. This is what I know. But I, I want more. I want a better marriage. I want a better relationship with my kids. I, I, I want a better job. I, I, I want better finances, but I'm comfortable here, but I'm not happy. I'm not. I'm not happy. Huh? But, 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 but we find ourselves comfortable in that place, but we're miserable because we know there's more. But our fear stops, stops us from taking that Get out of our comfort zone so God can expand our life. Expand, amen. We would just learn to trust him. Get it out of our, you know, the, the, the little box. Say, okay, God. I like what he said, you know, and, and, and just not dealing with finances, but what he, what he told him in, in Malachi. He said, prove me. Hmm. Isn't, that, isn't that what he told him? In the, in the King James, he said, prove me. And see, won't I open the windows of heaven? He said, in other words, they weren't trusting him, so he, he had to present a challenge to him. You know how we, sometimes we dare people? That's almost like God said, I dare you to give it a try. Step out of what you're talking Step out past your fears, past your apprehension, and watch what I'm able to do on your behalf. I can rebuke the devourer. Huh? But see, we gotta we gotta step into that zone. So now, God, see, see, when you when you step out and you step into that God zone, that puts a demand on God. Yes, it does. As long as you stay in your comfort zone, there ain't no demand. No. Huh? It's just like the seat. I you know I, I, I was cleaning out some stuff in my garage yesterday. I found this little box just full of seeds. I mean, it's got so many seeds. I can have a huge garden. And I don't know how long them seeds been in there, but I know they've been in there a while. You know, but the thing is, until I plant them, they can stay in that box. They'll stay dormant in that box. 
and produced. I got seed. A little, a little, a little gold box, not that long. I mean, it's about 50 or 60 packages of seeds in there. All kinds of things. And the thing about seed is, it's just going to in there. That box and being in that package ain't put no demand on it. But then you look at the back of the package, they're guaranteed to grow. But, but, but as long as you stay in that package, as long as, 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 as your faith stays bottled up, and you don't step out there and break up some ground and put it in there so that soil can put a demand on that seed. I guarantee you, I start putting that seed in the ground, I'm going to have all kinds of stuff popping out because I finally put a demand on my seed. Yeah. Amen. But as long as it stay in the box in my garage, they'll be there that kid. As long as we don't, we stay in the sensual and we don't step out of the supernatural, you're not putting a demand. But you got to put it in some good soil. I can't go down to city beach and, and get me a cup full of sand and put my seed in there and think it's going to grow. God is good soil. Put your faith in him. Get out of yourself. Step beyond what you see, beyond what you know, beyond what you feel, beyond what you understand. And step into the supernatural. You know, maybe you got to start off with some baby steps. You know, start where you are, but let God be God. I like Jessica's testimony on, on, on Wednesday. You know, she was she was a little timid to go to one of her officers on the job and invite her to the women's meeting, but but she stepped beyond herself. She got out of her box and put a demand on that spiritual seed that was in her and found out the, the, the lady was very interested. But you put her in the box, no, I can't approach her. In fact, she said, she said that, that she been looking for something like that. And see, God put it in your heart to go lead her to what she's looking yeah, for. Yeah, but yeah. see, if we don't step out of our boxes and, yeah. in so many areas of life, God wants to use us to be a blessing. But He wants us to know that we're blessed. Yeah. He wants us to demonstrate it in every facet of our lives, Amen. But it's not going to happen if we stay in the box. Swung the axe and the head came off and fell in the water. 
And he ran to the prophet said, it's borrowed. It's, uh, he said, well, well where, where did it fall? I'm just paraphrasing. He said, well, where did it fall? He, he showed him where it was. He went and cut down a couple of sticks, threw it in the water. And it's the Bible said, the King James said, and the iron swam. Now, you know, an axe head, it's going you know, to fall to the earth. That's how that happened. But he said, it swam. They didn't have to get in the water. He said, now reach out there and pick it up. And he said, reach out there and pick it up. How many of y'all have seen an iron axe head float? A swim. Don't make no sense. But it happened. So many things that don't make sense. Hallelujah. I just want to pray for all of us this morning. That we can get Proverbs 3 down. In light of everything else that I said, that we get Proverbs 3 down. That we can trust in the Lord. And don't be blocked by our own understanding. You know, as a, as a young Christian, there were so many things I questioned. Huh? But it wasn't until I, I just had to surrender. And I think that's why it took me a while even just to, to receive the Holy Spirit. I was questioning. Oh, I was questioning. I'm going to speak an unknown tongue. I don't know an unknown tongue. But I had to get myself out of the way. I had to surrender. I had to yield my thoughts. I had to clear my mind. And let the Holy Spirit have me. Hallelujah. I do it every day. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Lord, we come before you right now. And we thank you. We thank you, hallelujah. Just for who you are. Lord, we thank you that your ways are higher than our ways. Because that lets us know, God, that you can elevate us to another place. Lord, you can do things, God, that we can't even begin to imagine. Even if you let us in your word, you're able to do exceeding abundantly. Exceeding abundantly. Exceeding abundantly. Above all that we can ask or think, you can do greater. So we ask you, Lord, as I, I pray for this, this body of believers, God. I pray, God, that, Lord, we would release ourselves from the confines of our own minds. In our relationships, in our marriages, in our children, our parents. Lord, on our jobs, and even in the, the exports of our business, Lord, that we would, we would be, allow you to lead us, and you would direct us, God, and we would see things expand, and Lord, we would be fearful to do exactly what you say do, to enter into new territory, God, because you said so. It may not make sense to us, but if you say it, <laughs> Lord, we're going to do it. We're going to move into a place, and we're going to trust you, lead God, that you can take us higher, Lord. We're going to apply for that job that you put on our mind, even though I don't think I'm qualified. Because you can do exceeding abundantly above. We ask you, Lord God, to help us to step into that place of your favor. In the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, as we study your word. Hallelujah. Let your spirit lead us. Hallelujah. That you would speak to us by the Holy Ghost. And God, we will begin to see the revelation. We will begin to see paradigms change, mindsets shift. Lord, that we will be able to operate in the supernatural, the supernatural realm that we have not seen here before. I pray right now in your name. 
Lord, I pray for your men. Hallelujah. Relieve our home spirits. Lord, that we would not be fearful, God, but we would step right in the right place with you. Lord, that we would pray the prayer that Moses prayed. God, show me your ways. Hallelujah. This is your people, God, and, and we reference our family. They're yours, God, but you, you, you show us your ways. God, that we might be able to lead them like you want us to lead. Hallelujah. I pray for the mothers here, God, in the same passion, God, that these are your children. And God, you show me your ways of handling how to love them, how to help them, how to teach them, how to guide and protect them. Not according to my understanding, not according to, to my past hurts or issues. Amen. But God, according to your word and your will. So many errors, God, that we would just learn to lead not to our own understanding. But unto you, God. I pray over this people right now. Hallelujah, that you would have your way. Help us to hear. Receive your word, God. We pray for these young people in like manner, God, that they would trust you. Not the society around them, not the things that are being perpetuated, God, but that their heart would be set up on you. We thank you, God, for what you've already done in them and what you're still doing. Lord, we cancel and we, we, we stand against this spirit of suicide. Hallelujah, moving throughout our community, God. We, we come against it right now and we arrest it in the name of Jesus. Father, we, we cast it back to the pit from which it comes. They have no more authority, no more power in this region, in this area. We cancel it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Take your mark off the people. Take your mark off God's people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, if you're here and you haven't given your life to the Lord, I invite you to come to make that decision. Today is the day of salvation. You can't step into all these things that we've been talking about until you make that choice that, Lord, I, I, I know I need to give my life to you. I, I need to surrender myself. I need to come into the covenant. So if you're here and you haven't done that, or maybe you're here and you need to know you need to rededicate yourself, recommit yourself to the Lord, I invite you to come down. I would love the opportunity to pray with you. Amen. To be in, in, in fellowship with you in that decision. Amen. To give your life to the Lord. Hallelujah. Recommit so that when you leave here today, you know that it is well with me. And I'm a child of God. I accepted him as my Lord and my Savior. Is there anybody? Anybody? Hallelujah. Come on. Let's, let's, let's make that decision today.
I'm not gonna let this stop me no more. And I appreciate her confession, amen. And you know what? Realize that sometimes we we stay in a stagnant place because we I'm saved. I'm I'm worshiping, I'm living for God, and I'm serving. But we know there's something there that's holding me. Hurts and disappointments, amen. And as she comes this morning, I, I celebrate with her along with the rest. Of her. And I celebrate the devil wants to use and have a stronghold on our minds and on our hearts. Amen. See, and, and none of God's people should have to walk away and say, Well, I, I, I know I'm okay. When you know, amen, that there's something stirring on the inside of we just, if somebody touched that place, you know you'd be ready to go off. Those are the things we need to lay down at the altar. Surrender them to God. Hallelujah. So I'm going to pray with these. Amen. To respond. I want you to stretch your hands before them. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands unto the Lord as a sign. You surrender in your life. You surrender everything to Him right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for these that Lord, you know where they are, each individual. Lord, and it's only by your Spirit that they've come, God, because you said no man come except you draw them. So we thank you, God, for drawing them in the name of Jesus. Now I want you all to repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I confess my faults. I confess my sins. And I know that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for those sins. And I accept you right now as my Lord
my niece's birthday, but this past Tuesday, we had another birthday in here. Somebody that's, that's thirsty, thirsty. Somebody that's blazing the trail ahead of me, all they do. Going on and making it happen. Got the machete cutting things down so when this young man and me come along, I can get on by. Amen. Hey, that's our dear Elder Carl.
was just going crazy. Like, uh-uh, this man's trying to get us, you know. I work in the finance department, and I'm hearing all these different things that we're encouraging people, you know, give, trust, you know, do all this stuff. But it was really working against me. You know, the enemy was coming against my mind, like, this man's just trying to get all our money so we can have the honorarium to pay him. And, you know, just it just seemed like every night he had some new, in my mind, the enemy was trying to make, these are gimmicks, man. These are, you know. But, but then there's the faith side to say, you know what, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to walk out on this because we gave every night that he told us to give. But I know that final Sunday when he called the men up here to give their hundred dollars, I was like, okay, Lord, you know, we're going to do that. And then um, that was a pull. But then when he said the women, oh my God, the whole body was like, oh, are you kidding me? We got to give, that's this one household. Like my brain was like, don't do it. Like just loud. I didn't know if it was the enemy or if it was God. I didn't know. I felt so confused, but I'm like, I'm going to, we're going to try you God. You're going to prove yourself. You're going to have to prove yourself. Because at this point, I just don't know what's going on, you know, because it was just so hard for me to give. Like I said, just my whole physical body. It took me, I was telling Pastor Wilson, it took me all, because, you know, every night he was like, he got to the, to, to the, okay, bring your best gift. It took me all the way to the best gift to finally make that final decision to be like, I'm going to sell this $100, God. You know what I mean? And in my mind, I'm thinking about, oh, my gosh, we have this pay, got that to pay. Now we're going into my bill money. And if anybody knows me, I'm really about paying my bills. I usually don't even have the money to try to get to another offering because I'm about paying my bills. When the money comes in, bills are getting paid. So I'm thinking, I'm trying to check, get on my internet, check, and see, do we have enough money to be able to do this, all these different things. So in the end of the day, gave the hundred dollars so then the next day that monday came the enemy just finding me and recalculating bills and when we re- when we recalculate our bills we didn't have enough to meet our car note now this is the first for me so i was like lord jesus what is going on you know i was almost in tears so i had to like babe we're gonna have to call the thing and tell them we can't make our car note and we couldn't make our car note for like it we had to go down almost three hundred dollars for our car note that's how much we couldn't pay this month and like i said for me, that was blowing my mind, but I was like, okay, I was telling, you know, Pastor Linda, we went off, we went off the island, I was telling her, like, Mom, we didn't have enough to pay the car in our, no, God's really going to have to do something. I remember telling her, I am never giving this way again. I told her that I'm never giving that way again. If God doesn't prove himself in this, I'm never giving that way again. That was the enemy, this man shysted us, no, because, no, you know, so anyways. Um, that that next day, um, well, we in, I did end up calling the bank and telling them we're gonna have to, you know, lower lower our payment or whatever. And then, um, but then my husband texted me. He was like, "Do you know we got seven hundred something dollars in my Alaska account?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" You know, I didn't even really know my husband had an Alaska account, but he didn't know money was being built up in that account either because we had refinanced our vehicle. And then um, in that refinancing, he had to open up this account. But what we wanted to do in our refinance is to um, make the extra payment so we can get our truck paid off earlier. But they've been holding the money instead of putting it to the bill. So it was a double blessing because we would have never known because he went there to try to figure out how we can do some like consolidation loan because he saw how stressed out I was about this thing. So my husband went to the bank and he does not ever go to the bank. So that all of it was really God because he would have never went to the bank if we didn't even go to this whole process to know that they were building that money up. Plus we the whole car payment ahead. So it was like, what are you saying? The whole car payment ahead? That was the biggest thing for me. It was like, I've never had a default on a car payment. That was just like, are you, what are we doing? You know, but just when you sow that seed, and I know that, you know, um, God brought it back to me as we, um, there were so many different things that week that we would not have been able to pay if we would have kept that money. 
because yeah. there was a two, almost a $200 um, ticket that I had got. I was wondering how I was going to pay just the down payment not to get my license suspended. It was like $52 they wanted me to pay, but I was like, it was almost near $200. So we was able to pay that with the extra money. Then there was another, oh, our sprint bill was, has been behind because we got, it just got all confused when my husband came back off deployment. And it was, we constantly was like $200 behind on that, was able to pay that, was able to get another $100 worth of groceries in our house. I mean, when I calculated everything that we were able to do because we sold that seed, it was double. The car payment plus $500-some dollars more, and we had extra to spare. So I was just like, Lord, you're amazing. And, uh, you know, when you don't, you know, like what you're getting, I was sharing this with somebody else, we really need to check what we're giving. Because I know that before I was, you know, maybe a month or two, our finance team meets um, monthly, and I was telling them to pray for me to be a more cheerful giver and to sow at a higher level of giving. And then when God was bringing this back to me, he was showing me that he was answering those prayers. I expected him to do it in another way. But he really pulled on me, and now I'm like, yeah, I'm more of a cheerful giver because now that I know that God's going to blow my mind in other ways, and I'm really excited to see how he's going to move. So when, even in those areas where God is calling you, trust him. Trust him, trust him. And, you know, sometimes we feel bad, but, you know, in Bible study the other day, I think it was Bible study, but, my, uh, no, it was the women's meeting. Well, Pastor Linda was talking about how, um, you know, in the Garden of Eden, he sweated. You know, he was sweating blood. Because he was like, Lord, if you could take this cup from me, really take it from me. But nevertheless, let your will be done. And sometimes I was feeling so bad, like, God, I don't even know if you're going to bless me because I have all this doubt, I have all this craziness. But at the same time, I was still walking by faith, believing God, like, nevertheless, let your will be done. Nevertheless, let your will be done. And God, you prove yourself to me. So sometimes, you know, you can feel crazy, you can have those doubts, but just be honest with God. And God will meet your faith, and he will prove himself to you because I'm a living witness. And I just want to encourage you guys in that God is faithful. Amen. God goes before us and makes a way before we know we need it. Amen. Amen. That's a prime example. He did the same thing for the children of Israel. Amen. So let's lift up our offerings. We're going to bless them. Amen. As we sow and faith. Amen. And one thing, you know, we go in faith, but we need to pray that still pray that prayer. Lord, help my unbelief. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now. We, we celebrate who you are in our lives, God, and we sow it to your kingdom. God, that it will be used according to your purpose and you will bless the time. Bless the offering, God. Bless each and every household representative here. Lord, you know every need. And I pray, pray right now that every need in our homes is met and beyond. Lord, because every need in your kingdom is already supplied. We thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.